listeners. Sup, my guys and ghouls. I'm your poltergeist with a problem, Adrian. And I am your saved horse, ridden cowboy, Katarina. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Rhapsody and Reverie. Yes, indeed. It's been a hot minute since you've tuned in, and we just want to say thank you so much for tuning back in. We are raring to go. Alright, guys. We have a good show for you today because it is time to conclude the wonderful cowboy exorcist fever dream saga of Willow and Judah. Yes, indeed. The little cowboy that could, that we thought was going to live and die within the span of two stories, somehow managed to pull himself and his beautiful poltergeist girlfriend through uh, three to four episodes. And we... Man, just blame Taylor Swift. It's her fault, really. This was not supposed to happen. But it did. It, it did happen. And it's her fault and her fault only. So if you haven't enjoyed it up to now, you know who to tweet your hate at. It's not us. That's, that's so mean. But you know what? I've really grown. For you, Taylor. <laughs> Quarantine to- Hey. Quarantine turned me into the Taylor Swift fan I was always destined to be. You know what's funny? This is a quick segue. This is a very quick segue. Spotify dared to tell me that I have listened to 19 and a half hours of Taylor Swift. And it's purely because of writing this. It's purely because of the Willow and Judah saga. Because before it came out, I I was like, all right, she's cool. She's She exists. 19 and a half hours worth. Dude, I... I've listened to 241 hours of Taylor Swift. I'm not kidding. I am somehow in her top, I think it was top 2 or top 3% of fans on Spotify. Clearly, I was going through. You got me beat. Um. I, I saw that. I was like, how did that happen? Yeah, you got like, me beat. I was surprised I was up in her percentages at all. Top two percent. Wow. Wow. I mean, I get it. You're I, a Swifty now. I guess. You're like a whole Swifty. She's your bestie. I mean, I'm. I I do listen to a lot of Taylor Swift now. I'll be completely honest. Apparently. I listened to her re-record of Fearless. I mean, that's fair. And I enjoyed it. I've never actually listened to the Fearless record in full. Oh, and then, okay. And so I did, and I was like, you know, if I wasn't so stuck up my own ass in high school, I could have enjoyed this music. Anyway. Anyway, today we're actually breaking free of our self-imposed Taylor Swift box, even though it is the epic conclusion to what the heck is going on with Willow and Judah. Uh, we have not picked a third Taylor Swift song to accompany it. We have picked something completely different. Yes. Mostly because Katya said no. I said no, yes. <laughs> she was she was really gunning for a third Taylor Swift song, and I said, uh, no, we need something with a bit more drama for the conclusion. When I tell you that this episode will make you sob into your little headsets, I mean it. Strong words. Let's see if we can deliver. <laughs> watch it. Watch it not be that bad watch, at all. Watch it just be like, eh. 
I was not really moved. I was. It was fine. It was fine. But no, we are we are finishing the Willow and Judah story today with the song Full Moon by Avi Kaplan off of his 2020 album, I'll Get By. For those of you who don't know, Avi Kaplan is the former bass vocalist from Pentatonix. You know Pentatonix, the acapella group that's lived on your YouTube playlists rent-free for a good six, seven years. Your Christmas playlist every year. (laughs) I actually didn't know he used to be on Pentatonix. (laughs) Same. This is news to me. It's news. I found this out when I was doing the prep work. When I first found the song, I was just on a Spotify rabbit hole. You know that thing where you listen to one artist and you're like, I want more of this, but they have given me all that they can give, so then you start clicking. (laughs) And you just just go, oh, yes, more. And then, oh, no, you're not it. And then you click through and you just keep going. And I found Full Moon, which is the song that we were using today as inspiration. And I just fell in love with the dramatic scope of it. it. It has an almost, to me, kind of like a very Spanish folk feel. Hmm. The way the guitar hmm. is played, the way the chord progressions are used. And of course, now that I know he used to be the the vocal bass, I understand why that rich, beautiful bass sound is coming through so strongly on the track. I can only hmm. assume that that was him. His voice is so velvety. It's so good. Like, he, he really is such a well-rounded vocalist. Like, his range is pretty decent. Like, his his higher range is really nice and pleasant to listen to. I, I very much enjoy it. So I kind of went into what I liked about the song musically. What were your vibes and impressions of the song when I played it for you? So I remember uh, when we chose this song, because this was actually one of the rare times in art doing this where we actually picked the song together i i say together but like you picked the song but like you played it for me as you were making the decision and i remember i remember we were like debating on another song that he did too off of the i'll get by album but there was just something so striking about this song because you played this one first Mm -hmm. and i just remember being it was like you said, like there's just this magical, interesting quality to it, and you you just fall in love with it. And I really, really loved the beginning. The beginning of the song particularly is really fun for me because like it starts out with just the like chords, mm-hmm. and then I think it's gonna go up and it goes down, and I'm like, <laughs> wait a minute, and it goes from being like this pretty just nice guitar melody to this sort of darker like something's happening and that's what I love and that's what I think makes this song so exciting and perfect for the Willow and Judah saga because it's a little dark I agree I agree a hundred percent I remember that we were we were trying to choose between this one and Adeline we were both like, oh, damn, the lyrics in Adeline are, there's something that Judah would have said, mm-hmm. but just the overall energy 
and like you said, like how it goes down instead of up, and how it's got that rich, full, just dramatic chorus, mm. which is literally just him going ah, like yeah. it's not. Also, why don't you stay? But like yeah. the point is, it's so good. It conjures up images in your mind mm-hmm. that are that are hauntingly beautiful. Yeah, I would say. Yeah. And I'd say, speaking of imagery, too, another reason why I was glad we chose this song is, like, for me, the imagery that I get is very much of ocean and water and deep, deep beneath. And as we read our stories, listeners, I think you'll kind of see that. At least I know in mine, you'll see it. I know I kind of wanted that imagery to come into play Uh, i don't want to get too into it because that'll get us into like story (laughs) talk but i just i loved the fact that this song kind of felt like diving deep into the ocean it did didn't it like it it, it really did like i know it's about the moon just Mm -hmm. over the ocean yeah or some or somebody somebody watching the full moon either coming and going Mm -hmm. and it as it like just you know sinks and falls so whoever is whoever the the character that he is singing as is watching you know the moon go he he wants the moon to stay with him which is interesting but Mm -hmm. it does feel like you're diving deep into an abyss which is great (laughs) because judah keeps digging a deeper and deeper (laughs) hole We love our problem child. I love him so much. I'm almost sad to see him go. That said, were there any lyrics in the song specifically? Like, I know we talked about, like, how it feels in terms of the melody, in terms of the music. But were there any lyrics specifically that you were like, ah, yes, I can milk this? Yes. I really, I think the lyric that really stands out to me in this song, for Good reason, I think. It's the first line of the song. It's, oh, sun sinks in the ocean again. Yeah. That line really just stuck with me through this entire process that I was writing. And I think it was really the driving force behind a lot of the choices I made, which I think I think you'll be able to get. But it just felt like a really good line. And also, it felt like it spoke to Willow. Mm, okay in a way yeah that i will probably explain a little more after we read stories but um just because it it just conjured up this imagery of like fire and you guys know my girl willow that's interesting (laughs) that you say that it's really interesting that you say that it conjured up imagery of fire only because i got such a heavy water vibe from this song yeah i mean the song is definitely water I uh, sound so pretentious. I got a very heavy water vibe. <laughs> this is this is the show, Guys. Katarina. This is what we do. <laughs> yeah, I know. But for me, it was almost like the impressions that I were getting were very, like it was dark, but it felt it was it was liquid. It was cold. It was mm-hmm. it was the yearning for a warmth because I feel like. And we're getting dangerously close into talking about the stories now, so stop me if you think I'm going there. We might we might need to put a pin in this. Okay. But my what I will say, my final statement about the song is that the sun sinks in the ocean again, right? The moon, all of the moon's light is a pale imitation of the sun. Mm-hmm. So it's like someone cold looking for that last bit of warmth that isn't really there. Ooh. Ooh. 
Anyway, that's the last thing I'm going to say about the song. I adore this song. I really do adore it. It's so good. Yes. I think we're going to have to put a pin on the song discussion because we are now getting dangerously close into actually talking about stories and neither of us have read them yet. So before we dive deep into Adrienne's story first, because she will be up first, friends, I want to talk about our favorite segment. Up, up and comers. comers! Woo! So yes. who do we have this week? This week, my friends, we have a wonderful duo by the name of Cyber Girlfriend. Hell yeah! Yeah! I discovered them thanks to Instagrams. I saw a post in my feed about a, like that they had released a new song, and... It was just one of those days where I was feeling like, let's try something new. So I went and I checked them out and I love the stuff. I love their music. I thought it was really good. They just put out a song called Every Little Thing. That's the first song that I heard from them. And it's super fun. The song that I've been like really jamming to of theirs though is Katie Marie. It is such a fun, chill surfer vibe. It really is. I feel like I need to be driving down, and this is for my California people, I feel like I need to be driving down to Santa Cruz on Highway 17 and just like vibing. It's a good time. It's a good time. That's all I'm going to say. Just top down. Love it. I really hope you guys check them out. You can listen and hear more by going to their Instagram at cybergirlfriendofficial or you can check them out on YouTube and Spotify, all these other fun places. They are Cyber Girlfriend. And we hope you like them and let them know Rhapsody and Reverie sent you because we think they're dope and we think you'll like them too. Indeed. Anyway, I now think that it's high time that we started the first chapter of the end so i guess it's my turn it's a little different okay that's all i'm gonna say i'm not gonna preface it too much other than just i'm very curious to see how you react interesting are you ready for this as ready as i'll ever be to say goodbye to willow yes because yours is about, yours is from her perspective, right? Yes. My story is, again, another Willow-sided story. And if you'll remember, I guess I'll just preface it by saying that Willow's going through it right now. Willow's been going through it. Yes, but she's For been, a long um, time. But, yeah. All right. Here we go. My story is called, And Together We Dream of the Ocean. And together we dream of the ocean, a short story inspired by Full Moon by Avi Kaplan. She dreams of the ocean, a sight she's never seen, but on her whisper of a tongue, she can almost taste the salt of the sea, only for a moment, until the water crashes into her throat, choking, choking. Gasping for a breath she hasn't taken in years. The deserts of the West she can stand as heat is no foe to her. But the water, 
the cold, cold waters. She dreams of the ocean, and she shivers in the chill of her nightmares. Blood. There's blood. Salt waters like that red spillage drip to the ground and I taste it, hot and cold, the red and the blue feeding me. Life pools out your veins and I claim it as mine. You used to be mine in the pine trees and underneath fireflies. Where did you go? Cold, I'm so cold. Head slipped in the water, so thrashing, the thrashing. I'm lost and I reach for you. My hands on your skin, rough, untouched, I slash it open, unfurling the monster of humanity we have become. Why do you look so surprised? You've known. You've always known. She dreams of the ocean, and the sound moves her with fury and terror. It is mightier than the unchecked alchemy that led to death, the breaking and crashing ancient magic that spins the world and generates life. The ocean wields its spell around her, as if to teach her the meaning of real power. Naive little girl, she dreams of the ocean and laments the lessons she left unlearned. Blood, blood, I can't stop the blood. My waning storm, what have I done? Your heart beats echoing in the waves around me. Let me sink. I can't. You are the sand and the sea calling me down beneath. Mama warned me, and now what will be left? Nothing but bones, homes for water creatures feeding on flesh. Flesh that in faraway days told stories in a communal rapturous haze. Under the sun and the shade, cold, so cold. Oh, this wretched love I cut into you. The tides, they batter and they break. Unmend and unmake me, I thought we'd be something once. Rivers and fields shimmering in between sweet nothings and broken streams. Cold, so cold. I remember their screams, the wailing. I'll never be free of it. Wash it all over me. Rip through flesh, she tears into you and to me and makes this chaos we've seen. She dreams of the ocean and fears the waters that will carry her away from a love marred with and minted by hurt. She dreams of the ocean and the brine stings of the phantom flesh long peeled away. The depths keep her silent as the singed memory sears into her. She dreams of the ocean, something fast and something true. She dreams of the ocean and is only left with pain. Blood, you're gonna die just like me. Your face no color draining life away, away. She cries for you and I bury her in tides of screams. She cannot save you. Her love sinks into blue, burning bright blue. Towns burn for you and she shivers. Cold, so cold, I am her fire, she'll die with you. I'm going to kill her too. She can't have you, your mind, take mine. I've been waiting all your life, lying there, praying for a time to consume you in my fires. I am the flame, the shadow that brings immeasurable pain every second of every day you offer to me. She cannot have you anymore, she can't. I'll make sure of that. She dreams of the ocean, 
on the muddy earth that breaks its movement. The yielding tide taunts her, takes her in circles until her limbs tire. She begins to learn how it feels to sink deep into the freezing blue, down towards the black. She dreams of the ocean and starts to sink like a stone until a celestial glimmer rises overhead and beyond the surrounding sea. A shining orb she once beheld. She dreams of the ocean and with the promise of the divine begins to learn how to float. Blood, more blood, more blood to spill around me. Where am I? I cannot swim in these shallows, crimson pools. Not enough, never enough. Screams turn silent, cry out in pain, burning flesh. My burning flesh, can you smell it in your dreams? I played a dangerous game for you. Burn, bright blue, bright blue, my fury. Rage in the chaos, silence became. Your death is no end. It lives, it breathes. Stop breathing. Where do I go? Blood, follow the blood, spilled into the ocean. The ocean. She dreamt of the ocean. A sight she'd never seen before. But she dreamt it with you. Underneath the stars, the night you went away, she dreamt of the ocean. I, I dreamt of the ocean. The salt of the sea seeping into our skin and the waters warm like fires retended. The waters called to us, carried us away to a new world, a world where you didn't have to go a world where you could stay, lying there, a singular heartbeat underneath my cheek and the stars. In my dream, the ocean saved us. We surrendered to the waves in a harbor we found. My dream. Ju Judah. I blink eyes that barely exist. Look up to the full moon glimmering in the sky and make out the sounds of the waves lapping not far from your feet. You made it here. You carried me to the waves and laid with me here on the sand. Willow, it's you. It's really you. My name delicately spun from your tongue into the night air, my wandering ranger, my summer tempest. You found me in my dreams, and as the blood sinks into the sand and the salt waters compose the shore, we rest under the stars once more. And together, we dream of the ocean. And see. I have feelings. I have a lot of feelings. <laughs> Willow! <laughs> this is really interesting. I want to I wanna say first and foremost that I feel like this is a very beautiful prose poem. If that makes sense, this is like a really elegant prose poem. And I think it's, it's such a fascinating look into her as she is. Because you haven't done that since the first story. And this is much more experimental than the first story. You could kind of follow along the first story chronologically like... Yeah, this is happening. This is what's happening. But in this one, she is such a scattered, 
former person and you captured that chaos in her so well i think where she's like split and she and she views hell the ocean as her enemy and also her other self as her enemy and everything is warring inside of her and she she knows and she doesn't know what she's doing and that's so interesting like it's it's such a beautiful sad insight into her not to spend the entire segment of this uh hyping you up but like <laughs> It was, it was really good. It was really sad. It's like I only know just enough because our stories are codependent on telling the story. Mm-hmm. This is really interesting when we pair it with mine. Oh. This is really interesting. In a good way. Okay. I was like... <laughs> not, uh... not like, interesting. <laughs> I don't cut know it, boys, cut that. it! <laughs> but, but no, it ends in a way... That's almost happy. It ends like, oh, she's back with him. The moment we've all been waiting for. She's back. Yeah. Yeah. The dream of the ocean. I, um, this was a weird one, but I always knew it was going to be a weird one. Once we decided that, like, we were going to do another, like, a final thing, I, like, admittedly in my head, I was like, I have no idea what I'm going to do. And then when you picked this song, as soon as I heard it, like the instant I heard it, I wanted you to pick this song. And the instant I heard it, I was like, oh, I could do something really fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was like the main thing. I was like, oh, I want to do something really, really weird. Was it the lyrics or the music that made you want to do that? It was the music because, again, like as we talked about earlier, like it has this sort of feeling of sinking into the abyss mm-hmm. and like this kind of dark unknown place and that's kind of where willow is yes in this point in the story because she's been a poltergeist for years and decades and after the events of ivy she's sort of had this kind of crisis moment of escape is possible and so now it's like you said like she has these warring sort of sides of her like Mm -hmm. that have all kind of coalesced so i wanted to capture that somehow in a Mm -hmm. weird kind of jekyll and hyde sort of way but it was really tough yeah i mean like this is this is all this is a prose poem in many ways this is a prose poem it does tell a story but in many ways it is a poem and it's and it's it's very lyrical which is something that's very beautiful but like that means that the writing process must not have been easy. <laughs> not at all. At, like literally, like as we like sat down, I was like, she, I have no idea how this is going to play out because I was like, she's either gonna be like, this was not good, or she, she's gonna be like, all right, I'm on board. I also wanted to be mindful too because we do these together, like our stories complement mm-hmm. each other, and you're doing the like judah end of it and i i felt like writing it your story was probably going to be more of an actual story that like had events and things that happen and occur yeah because what judah's the one that's actually alive yes (laughs) judah's the judah lives and breathes and and so i didn't want to like step on your end of things 
coming up with like plot points because I tried I like tried to like make yeah. it more plotted out and like an actual plot we did talk about like what the bare bone events were probably going to be so yeah. you you could have theoretically done that <laughs> I could have but I failed yeah um, but I, I think what you've made instead is a beautiful representation of who Willow is by the end yeah. Because she's not the girl that you wrote in the beginning. She's not that person. It's interesting. I I really struggled with this. I think that's apparent by what I ended up doing. I struggled with it for a lot of reasons. I always knew I wanted to do something weird, but then trying to actually make something weird that's also cohesive and makes sense is very hard. Mm. And I've never done that before. Or not this weird and this experimental in any sense. So it really was an experiment, which is kind of fun, but also I don't know if it'll be fun for you listeners. I hope so, but I don't know. I, I go back and forth with this story so much of like, do I think I did a good job or not? Nah? I think that you did a good job, but I'm also coming from the perspective of I know what mine is like. Mm -hmm. And I think partnered with mine especially, this is very good. Yeah. But we can't talk about that left yeah that's another thing too is like i this only works in combination with your story yes like i think if this if this was all we got it wouldn't i would i would be like eh? yeah that, eh? yeah that that's why i'm glad i'm going first that's why i'm glad we're doing this because i think it makes more sense I agree. But I don't know that because I haven't read your story yet. So I guess it could be like, oh, I could have gone second. But I think that like the beauty of like what we're doing, it's both of our stories being interconnected. I think is that this allows you to flesh out her in an interesting and unique way that I could not have done. You you did go into that weird place. You 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 turned like the insanity of like being in that state of being for decades, mm -hmm. and you made it poetry. Yeah, and I like that. I like that. Yeah, I I don't know where the rhyming, like, I it was. But I'm not even talking about the rhyming. I'm not even talking about the rhyming because the prose poem doesn't have to rhyme. I liked how it flowed. I liked the rhythm because there was a sort of rhythm and a cadence to it. And I, I liked how the imagery was just so vivid and how, and like, she's drowning in herself. The ocean is her. She is the ocean. Mm -hmm. Which is beautiful. What? That's really beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I was um, really obsessed with the idea of making this a water-centric story because we've kind of done like all the elements. We have, we have. We did air, fire, and then earth. Mm-hmm. And there was only the one left. And water. And water's fun because I, I always saw it as the kind of polar opposite of Willow. So that's hence why this is such a scary thing for her. It's like it's so yeah. antithetical to who she is. So yeah, I wrote a weird thing and I hope you liked it. I think, I think what you did really well was that you wrote a weird thing for a song that it fits so well with. I think it fits very well with the song. I think you've complimented the song very well. I think you've complimented the energy of the song very well. I'm excited for you to be able to look back on both and go, oh yeah, because like I feel really strongly about this one. I feel really good about what you've done. But I'm, I have the advantage of I know how they fit. Mm -hmm. 
And this makes me feel better about what I wrote, by the way. <laughs> like, this Ouch. This makes me feel... No, no, no. This makes me feel better about, like... Because there were a lot of decisions I was questioning, mm-hmm. even at the last minute. And I was like, oh, God, I hope she, like... I, I hope she likes it. I think this solidifies the choices that I made. I think it, I think it works. I think it, I think it works. I think it works. Okay. I, I, I meant that in like a very good way. I didn't mean it for it to be like, <laughs> oh man, this story sucks eggs. <laughs> I mean, if it Nerd. does, just say that. <laughs> no, no. I, I, I would have, listen, I would have been like, how do I put this delicately? No, I would have, <laughs> I would have, because that's the, that's the, we kind of talked about this before we started recording. That's the hard part about this is that what if, what if you don't like it? <laughs> That's a live reaction. Yeah, I mean, if you don't like it, I want you to tell me. No, no, and, and I would have, but I, I really thought that this was very beautiful, and and again, maybe this is a, a problem with with me. I Judah's my little boy. Judah's my little. <laughs> Judah, Judah is my beautiful problem child who can do everything wrong, and I'll still love him at the end of the day. But I didn't get to draw her out, probably, as much as I would have liked. And you have given her, you've, she is a soul at this point, because she's a poltergeist, but you've, you've fleshed her soul out in a really nice way. I, I really enjoyed this one. Now, you could have gone weirder, I would have been on board with it. Yeah, it was, I mean, yeah, it was... Um... It was surprisingly short. <laughs> that was weird. Well, you know, um, <laughs> I just didn't have the patience to do I... any much more. Um, <laughs> That's fine. I just, I was like, at, at this point... Also, I was writing this both before and after my brother passing away. So, like... It was a very weird headspace to begin with in terms of trying to write. So the fact that I came up with anything, I'm just like, good, good no, job. No, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. But I, I, I really, I really liked it. I'm going to push for you to be more experimental now. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of fun to be weird. I tried so many different ways of trying to, like, make it weird. I was like, okay, maybe I'll write one story from the poltergeist perspective another story from <laughs> willow's perspective and then just like cut and paste lines and just like mix it all up together and then i was I like it. that's not gonna work just i couldn't figure out how to make it work and then <laughs> and then it kind of just started happening <laughs> so yeah i'm glad you enjoyed my exploration into the weird now i'm sitting here being like i need to know what actually happened <laughs> I need, I need the plot now because now i'm just like but but how and what happened you need the plot beats i understand and i'm sure to an extent i'm sure our listeners are also uh, eagerly awaiting with bated breath how the hell because we we know by the end that willow comes back to him mm-hmm. that willow is freed of her tormented state of mind yes how does that happen i don't know literally i, I don't know i you can't don't remember <laughs> No. <laughs> all right this is good this is fine all right then this one is kind of like my willow one where it kind of jumps between but this one jumps in time so heads up if it's in the present tense it's happening current if it's in the past tense 
It's the events leading up to how we got here. <laughs> how did we get here? How did we get here? How did I get here? <laughs> hey guys, you might be wondering. <laughs> this is not my beautiful horse. This is not my beautiful poltergeist. <laughs> oh, let's go back. <laughs> but I'm ready for you all to meet old man Judah and for everyone to see. Ain't he supposed how... to be like 40? <laughs> 40, 50. I can't remember how old we made him. Well, he's got white hair now. He's a salt and pepper fox. Okay. Alrighty. You ready? I'm ready. You're ready. Lay it on okay. Me. Oceans Bring You Home. Inspired by Full Moon by Avi Kaplan. He wakes to the sound of waves beating against the shoreline that once lulled him into a semblance of sleep. He does not know when he let them carry him away, nor does he remember sinking into the soft sand that cradles his head, his limbs that soak up the blood that leaks from his side and turns it into rubies that glisten in the moonlight. He only knows that he is here, though for how much longer, he can only hazard a guess. Judah stares off out into the inky blackness of an ocean at night, and he breathes it in, letting the salt air coat his lungs, his skin, his everything. Salt is purifying. Salt is preserving. If he's lucky, maybe it'll cure his soul before he goes. The gash in his left side throbs dully as he forces himself to stand, removes his hat, his coat, his bravado. None of it will serve him very well tonight. None of it will protect him anymore. He is leaving tonight one way or the other. He knows it well enough. He can feel it in his bones like old women feel a storm coming. And in that way, he neither dreads nor welcomes it. He only expects it. He feels, then, that it's only right and proper to face it standing, while he is still capable. He steps into the ocean and relishes the cold and the wet while he is still able to feel anything at all. He waits for her to strike, in the dark, in the wet, in the cold, and it is all he can do not to cry out, I did it, Willow. I brought you to the sea. She had caught him in the Pine Barrens. Her claws were not the ones he had been worried about, nor were they the second, third, or even fourth thing he had feared when he first entered the forest. In fact, Judah had considered every setback, every complication, every meddlesome and troubling thing, except for Willow. Perhaps she'd planned it that way, if she were still capable of planning, of thought, of feeling besides rage. Perhaps she had simply been lucky. Judah wasn't quite sure if it mattered either way anymore, because, either way he looked at it, it was all a reckoning for him. Everything in his miserable life that had lasted longer than he thought it would was barreling down, racing to catch up to him. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. She caught him in the Pine Barrens. The devil he'd been hunting was really no more than a wild, hungry animal, and Judah knew how to hunt easy enough. As monstrous and abnormal the form may have been, this braying, bleeding beast was no more than that, an animal that wished to be left alone. But five hundred dollars had now rendered that fate impossible. As he put the creature down, staring into its sad, goat-like eyes, Judah considered the animal, how pitiful it looked, how innocent of evil. How sad, he thought, that these wild things can be so stirred up, frenzied made into monsters. That was when she caught him, when he hesitated just for an instant, before putting the thing from the pines out of its misery. 
It had been a hard fight, and Judah was tired, so tired, that he did not look behind him, not once. He did not turn around when he heard the snapping twigs, the whisper a fraction of a second before she made her move. Would it have helped him if he'd worn a mask with eyes on the back of his head? Would she have been frightened off like a tiger and bided her time? He doubted it. And as her claws raked his back as she tasted the blood that came from a gash under his right eye, as he ran for his horse and the safety of distance, he knew, he'd always known, that it was only a matter of time before their dance was done. He is conscious now of how old he truly is as he sinks to his knees in the surf. He feels the weight of his muscles like sandbags strapped to his tired bones. He feels the air turning to lead in his lungs. He is tired, he realizes. Oh, so tired. The salt water takes his blood in swirling clouds and pulls them out to sea, and he laughs a little as he watches the life flow out of him. What will come now, he wonders. Will his consciousness be swept out like that, mingled with the waters of life and then made obsolete? Will he simply disappear into the abyss? Or would he linger as Willow had done, a shade made of sadness and regret? until that was all there was left of him. He does not wonder about heaven, for if it exists, he doubts St. Peter will let him in. The crackling of flames becomes audible from behind, and he closes his eyes. Judah knows the futility of his situation, of his fight. He sighs, splashes the salt water on his face, and whips around both silver-plated pistols glinting in the moonlight. He still has time to save her but he has to do it fast. Willow blazes bright in the dark and screams. He ran from the pines to the city, though how long it took him to make it there, Judah couldn't say. He'd run from the past, from his home, from his love, and now from time itself. Judah knew one thing as he pulled into the bustling town of Carrion, New Jersey. He was tired of running. The seaside town with the macabre little name made for an interesting bunker. The city, with its new trolleys and its mechanized automobiles that almost ran over his horse twice, made the connection to the supernatural very sparse indeed. In fact, their connection to anything at all was tenuous at best. He wondered if he'd ever made it to New York City, if he'd be able to see the absence of it, the humanity's severed connection to the world around them to the universe itself. Civilization had sacrificed its soul to power the electric light. To think he had wanted nothing more than that. Still, this town, though nowhere near a metropolis, was a natural ward that Willow could not cross. Not until dark. Not until the small town had decided to sleep. And Judah needs that time to plan, because saving souls is a new trick to this old dog. He was much more used to damning them. He has seen a soul saved once before, only once mine many years ago on a dried-up farm in a dried-up town, but he saw it with his own eyes, felt it with his own heart. He knew as he purchased the herbs he needed, as he sat in his hotel room sketching runes and reading his books, that it could be done. He also knew that age had not been kind to him, and that decades spent hunting monsters and devils and ghosts had taken their toll. Salvation was a young man's game, and Judah knew deep down that he was doomed.
Judah gasps as he falls to his feet, all his grand plans disintegrating now. Fresh blood falls like rain into the surf, and it is all he can do to stare, to see the world around him. He cries out, for the noise helps, invigorates whatever blood is left in him. He knows with certainty that this will be his last act on earth, and he prays to whatever god is listening that it will not be in vain. Willow laughs, a harsh, cruel sound like grating nails and crackling fire. It isn't the laugh he remembers, but still, it feels like Willow all the same. The only reason she hasn't killed him yet is that he refuses to leave the waves, the purifying salt water his last refuge. It is only temporary, though. Willow doesn't need to strike again. She is like a cat, playing with a mouse that is doomed to be its dinner. All she has to do is wait. He had tried too hard, perhaps, for no one could accuse him of not trying hard enough. He made his sigils in the sand, he had said the words, lit the right fire, burned the right sage. He read for hours, writing and rewriting spells, looking for loopholes and closing them behind him. He was prepared, he had to be, for to save Willow he would need to exercise her rage, her hatred, to revive that spark of her that he had seen once, for an instant, many years ago. By the time he'd made his way to the beach, he was confident. He'd done the best with what he could, and it would have to be enough. But it wasn't. Not even close. Willow may have been weaker here than in the Barrens, but she was much stronger than him. Death had frozen her in place at the height of her power, a power that only multiplied with time, while he grew weaker, more frail, more human. He tried, but for all his prowess as an exorcist, for all his skills as a magician, he was hopeless. She brushed off his spells and attacks like they were made of air, and Judah panicked at the dim realization that perhaps his willow was long gone, that the last bit of her was burned away by fury a long time ago. And perhaps... There was no willow left to save. The thought was almost enough to kill him for her. The salt water burned willow to her core, but she did not stop to wail or pause her attack. All she saw was Judah, whole, alive, and her rage burned brighter than whatever pain she could feel. How does someone save a creature from their rage when that is the only thing keeping them from disappearing entirely? Judah didn't know. If he had, he wouldn't be here fighting for what little life he had remaining. He would be somewhere else. His old home, maybe. He would have rebuilt it all and lived a quiet life in the middle of nowhere, waiting to die so he could be reunited with the love of his life. A dream, of course. The dream of the penitent sinner. His rage petered out as Willow struck him, reopening his healing wounds and knocked him down like driftwood in the sand. Judah cannot remember the events in the right order. His whole life is swimming before him, leaking out with his blood into the waves, and he stares at it as he tries to piece it all together. In the white foam is his marriage to Ivy, where the growing darkness in his heart is just visible behind his eyes. On the crest of a small wave rolling onto the sand, he's sitting on his mother's lap as she reads to him, filling his head with dreams of a better life than this. Seeping into the sand is his father, accusing him of trying to destroy everything he has built, and can he not see that it was all for Judah? Always for Judah. Sinking down into the sand in spirals is his last night with Willow, full of the promise of doom, and yet he reaches for her like a man drowning. 
And isn't he drowning? Drowning in memories and regrets? They fill his lungs and choke him, and he can't breathe now. He can't even see. Willow pulls him from underneath the waves and holds him up, and he splutters and coughs. She sticks a claw into his wound and allows her talons to rake apart his insides, and he screams. He howls, but he allows the pain to fill up every inch of him. This is what he deserves, after all, and he knows it. But if I let go, he thinks dimly, as the edges of his vision melt into the night. If I go now, what happens to Willow? What will I damn her to then? Of course, he knows what happens to a soul that has burnt itself out. He knows all about what happens to the energy that's left behind of hell and what it really means. A spirit without purpose, all anger and no direction, a star imploding. She would have nothing left to destroy but herself, and he cannot bear the thought of this happening to the woman who has brought him so much love. He feels the shame now, the real shame of having killed his love a second time. He is dying, he can't fight it, but so is she, even though she cannot know. Her second death will be worse, and he cannot bear it. If he gives up now, he will have failed the only person in his life who ever mattered. Willow! He chokes. Please. Willow drops him. He falls to his knees as she looms above him, blocking out the moon with the glow of her eyes, the sharpness of her being cutting into his mind like glass. He cannot stop her. There is nothing he can do. He rages inside as he wonders why he could not save her, why Ivy could be freed, but his Willow would be destined to a fate such as this. Did he not love her enough? Had he not sacrificed his world for her? It wasn't fair. He has to save her, he thinks. He just has to try harder. But he realizes as he digs deep within himself, as he searches for that last bit of power that he knows must be inside him, that miracle he has to have stored deep in his bones, that he doesn't have it in him. Not anymore, assuming he ever did. He realizes that his whole life, his whole being, has been nothing but a sum of failures, near misses, and relationships that have imploded in a mess of agony and regret. The consequences of his whole life, that he spent nearly three decades running from, are here at last to claim him. Judah feels the weight of age in his bones and knows with certainty that he has failed. He lets his arms fall to his sides and he gazes up at the monstrous object of his affections, and he says, All right. I'm ready. He closes his eyes and waits for her to strike, for her white-hot heat to cauterize the blood in his neck before he can bleed out. But the blow does not come. Her pose is the same, a tiger ready to leap, the muscles taunt. But she doesn't move. Her face is less contorted, colored by a confusion he imagines she has not felt in some time. It's all right, Willow, he says softly. It's okay. I'm not going to fight you. You win. She lowers her hand slowly, her talon-like fingers glinting in the moonlight. Her brow furrows, and she looks as if she wants to say something, but can no longer remember how to force the words from her. I'm sorry, darling. I tried. I gave it everything I had, and it wasn't enough. 
That's the problem. He laughs, blood trickling at the corners of his mouth. It was never enough. I was not enough. Everything that's happened to you is because of me, and I couldn't even make it right. God damn me for it. It wasn't enough. Willow bares her teeth, fangs that glisten hot in the moonlight, but does not move. He knows that she can hear him, and with all his heart, he prays that she is listening. I wanted to save you, he says, his voice pleading. I wanted it so badly, but I can't. I can't save you after all. And may I be damned for it, for everything I've done to you. So if this is really it, if this is all I have left to give you, then so be it. If anybody's got a right to it, it's you, darling. But Willow doesn't move. Doesn't do anything but twitch at the corners of her mouth. Grind her teeth and groan. She wants to speak. She wants to say something. But the words aren't there. Has she burned them all away forever, or has she hidden them at the back of her soul for when the time was right? It was always for you, you know. Everything I did, everything I wanted to do. You were the best thing in my life, and I wasted you. I wasted us. But God Almighty, I have loved you every day from my miserable life, and I will throw it away for you if it gives you an ounce of peace. I'm yours, Willow. I'll always be yours. So do with me what you will. Willow's face is hard, but not in the way it has been, all sharp edges and hellfire. Her face is the face he used to know, the spirited human woman he once treasured beyond all others, and she is weeping. It is as if the fires of her rage have burned away to embers, and now Judah sees before him the ghost of a ghost, a shade that was once pure fury that has finally burnt out. Her talons soften into fingers, her cracks smooth over, and the flames about her body blow away in the sea air. She looks so beautiful in the glow of the moonlight, he realizes. But the years are catching up to her now, though she looks the same as the last day he laid eyes on her. There is a weariness in her face that never darkened it before. If he is tired, he thinks, if he is done, maybe, just maybe, so is she. Silently she shakes her head and slowly utters the first word she's spoken in almost thirty years. No. Judah lets out a cry that is equal parts exhaustion and elation and lets his head fall as he weeps openly. The soft, cold breeze on his cheek is the only indication he has that she has touched him, as he dares not look at her for fear that in an instant she will be that beast once more and he will lose her. He squeezes his eyes shut and revels in the cold that is surrounding him, taking comfort in the knowledge that it is her, his willow. Judah, she murmurs, and kisses his eyelids soft like the beat of a butterfly's wing. Your name is Judah. He nods, but does not speak, for fear that the sound of his voice may whip her up into a frenzy again. But he needs not worry. She's returned to him again, and he wants to savor every moment, for as long as he is able. She places her phantom lips on his, and for a moment he can swear that he can taste her.
I'm sorry, he cries, head bent, still refusing to look at her. I'm so sorry, she nods. I know. I couldn't save you. You weren't supposed to, she says softly. She brushes the hair out of his face and sighs. You're hurt? Doesn't matter, he finally manages to say, his voice hoarse. It doesn't matter. He forces his tears to stop, his breathing haggard. She places her cold hand underneath his chin and tilts his face upward to look at hers, and as their eyes meet, hers begin to water. You're dying, she says. Oh no. It's alright. Everything dies. But not Judah Masterson, she says, smiling through her tears. The man who could bring down the moon? No. He could never. I wouldn't allow it. If you say I won't, then I won't, he says with a smile. It'll be my last trick. You always said they weren't tricks, she said. Were you lying to me all these years? I've never lied to you, he murmurs. And as he speaks, he feels his body failing him. He falls forward, twisting mid-fall so that he lands on his side and forces himself to lie on his back and gaze at the stars. The ocean laps at the sand around him and chills him but the ice-cold spirit that lies down beside him and rests her head upon his chest is enough to keep him warm for a thousand years. I'll stay with you, she murmurs. You won't be alone. I never have been, he says softly. Very slowly, he raises a hand, concentrating intently on the sky and stars above, and carefully plucks the moon right out of it. He brings it inches from his chest and moves it from finger to finger like a coin, and the two of them stare into its glow until his breath slow, until his hand drops down to the sand like stone. The ocean tenderly carries the moon back out to sea without a word, and when the light returns to the sky, not a soul is left to notice it. The was a good ending. Yay! That was a good ending. It's a good ending to their love. Yeah. I love them. I love their love. No, I, I enjoyed this very much. I, I see now what you were saying by how our stories kind of, like, pair well. Yes. It's always funny to me, like, these kind of serendipitous moments where, like, lines stand out that seem very, like... Similar. And I'm like, wow, we didn't plan that at all. <laughs> no, this was the least amount of planning that the two of us have put it. We both basically just like, all right, go. <laughs> and it's still like the synchronicity. We're in sync. I like that. But no, I liked that a lot. It was nice to kind of get the kind of back and forth of time jumping. I think that kind of carried the story along easier, if that makes sense. It made it feel more like a swan song of a story, yes. as opposed to right in the action kind of a thing. 
So I liked that a lot. And I love that in this story, Judah finally humbles himself. I love that for him. Growth. It took him dying to do it, but you know what? (laughs) He literally died. (laughs) Getting ripped apart. He literally had to die to learn humility. But you know what? It's okay. Because he learned it. He learned it. That's what matters. And he was able to save... Well, no, he didn't save anybody. Willow saved herself. No. <laughs> yeah, because that, cause that, that was something that we had talked about that I really liked and I thought was really important, is that Willow was not going to be saved by Judah. Because while Judah fucked her up, <laughs> right? Willow's problem, like what she had to do was let go of it. She had to let go of that. Because when you're that deep in your anger and your rage and that's the only thing left to you... You're either gonna let it burn you up, mm-hmm. or you're gonna let go of it. Yeah. And I think he was able to, in humbling himself, I think he was able to present her with the choice. Because I think if he had not done that, then she would have been like, all right, time to die. And she would have just ended him, and then she would have, you know, burnt herself up and been used up and just disappeared. But I. I wanted him to realize, ah, I can't do it. Because, like, he really, in everything he's done that has to do with her, he screwed it up. He couldn't save Ivy. He couldn't save Willow either time. He's, like, he's a competent exorcist and a competent monster hunter. But not when it comes to the monsters that he's personally at a hand in making. He's He can't do it. He just can't. But, you know, relatable. <laughs> I mean, I, I think, like... It's always so much easier to recognize other people and, like, issues outside of yourself as opposed to, like, issues within. So I think what Judah's going through, albeit in a fantastical and paranormal way, is very, uh, very true to form of life of, you know, just, like, it's a lot harder to wrestle your own demons than it is to like wrestle try and wrestle someone else's i agree so yeah i mean i like that a lot i like that you set it up so nicely so it's like it's like judah opens a window for willow to be Mm -hmm. free and then she's the one that gets to walk through it their moment at the end was so sweet (laughs) i appreciate that so much (laughs) because they just they get to have that one moment of bliss (laughs) yep they get to be happy together. For five seconds. Right before he dies. For five <laughs> seconds. I like to think that they are together in the afterlife. I think now that she's not a vengeful poltergeist, mm-hmm. he and she can move on to whatever comes next. But I wanted to leave that open to interpretation. But that's in my heart of hearts. They're they're off. They're in what happens next. Yeah. But <laughs> that scene on the beach was one of like the big things I had in mind when I first heard the song. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I want fighting on the beach. I want her tearing him up and, like, making him a bloody mess. Yeah. And I want them lying together as he breathes in his final moments that he's he's doing the thing he did when he first tried to seduce her, playing with the moon. Mm-hmm. And then I, that was it. Those were the two big things I wanted from this. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask you to just, like, 
from the song, what imagery kind of from the song made it into the story? Like specifically, were there any moments? I the the chorus of Full Moon, Why Don't You Stay was so interesting to me. Like I know that he's literally singing about the moon because he wants the night to stay the mm-hmm. night. But like it, it felt very much like that yearning, like why don't you like he's trying to hold on to his life and he's like trying to like stay there with Willow and he's like, I want you to stay with me. So him on the beach, like him dying, mm-hmm. that was what came into me like my mind instantly when I first heard this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. It's a really beautiful image. I, I I'm glad that we were both on the same page in terms of like the water imagery. Just like I, <laughs> it's just so it's just so perfect for them. It was just so perfect mm-hmm. for that moment. Oh, God, this was good. This was good. I'm I'm glad that we got to get them here because I needed them to be here. Did you struggle with this one, like writing it? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I rewrote this multiple times. At first, I wanted it all in present tense. Mm. And then I was like, no, that's dumb. And then I rewrote it all in past tense. And it wasn't working either. And I was like, ah, we're going to we're gonna mishmash this together. We're going to see what happens. Because <laughs> originally it was like, oh, he's, he's fighting a monster and she cuts it. And like, that's where it started originally. Mm-hmm. But then it was like, no, it's got to start with him right after she's dealt him a fatal blow on the beach. And he's like, oh, this is it. I'm not getting out of this one. Yeah. And then it and then it was the flashback of like the original first sentence was she had caught him in the Pine Barrens. Mm. And I was like, I really like this sentence, but it's not where the story begins. So I ended up moving it around. And then I struggled with like, where does he go? And I ended up making up a fake beachside New Jersey town. And I almost was like, and then he went to Atlantic City. And I was like, don't go to Atlantic City. No. (laughs) Exactly. I wanted that like New England beach thing, right? Because like he spent his whole life wanting to go to the Northeast to like live the life that he thought he deserved. Mm -hmm. And then it takes him dying to get there. But yeah, no, actually finishing it was surprisingly hard. The middle was easy. Like once I knew what I was doing, the middle was fine. Mm -hmm. But the ending was hard because getting his dialogue right. I think I rewrote his dialogue four or five times because like he, I was like, how do you get this woman? (laughs) How do you get her not to kill you? Like, because he doesn't want, he's not tricking her. Right? He's not trying to manipulate her into coming back. He really is like, Please come back. I've me. lost. He's, he's, I almost asked, I almost, I almost had him ask her. But I, I was like, he, at this point, he's like, I failed. I just can't. Okay, so if you get one thing, then this, if this is the only thing that I have the power to give you, because obviously I can't help you. Oh well. <laughs> Screw me, I guess. <laughs> if this is the only thing that I can do, then okay. This is the price. I, I'll pay it. I, I'm sorry. I'm so, so sorry. Because I don't think he's ever told her in any of our stories that he's sorry. I don't think he's ever said the words to her. Yeah, no. No, No. it's okay. (laughs) Becoming old man Judah. (laughs) Like 40, 40 years, 30, 40 years. Yeah, because he was in his 20s. 20s. And it's been about 30 years, about, give or take a few years. He's in his late 40s, early 50s. Mm-hmm. It's a hell of a long time to go without apologizing. Yeah, and like, I like to think, I like to think that in his heart, he's definitely sorry, but he's probably been like, what's the point of telling her with words? Mm-hmm. 
Because he, he's probably too angry and too whatever to say it. And then at the end, he's like, this is all I have left to say. Because I'm dying now. <laughs> the moral of the story, guys, is apologize. I like to think that if he had just died, he would have become like a water-based poltergeist. And that would have been Ooh. his terrible afterlife fate. Where he would have been like, la Yorona, but as a man. <laughs> Dragging people into the ocean because he's like, if I can't be happy, no one can be happy. Do the two of them like war, like fire and poltergeist and water? <laughs> no, because that would have been the only thing that was keeping her tethered to this plane. Mm. So as soon as he died, she would have been all used up and ceased to exist. Okay. So he would have been alone, alone. <laughs> oh. Judah alone. Not good. I love a man with terrible mental health. No. <laughs> no. That's what we call a red flag. <laughs> I can fix him. I can I can make him worse. Katya, I don't know how to say this, but I'm worried about you. <sighs> I love Judah. I like where we've taken Judah. I think every time we've set out to make a Judah story, you've gone into it like, oh, he's such a prick. <laughs> And then, every time. and then by the end, you're like, he's not that bad. And I'm mad about it every time. Yep. Yep. So I guess the question is, do you feel that he redeemed himself? Oh, this is a good question. Especially since like I'm definitely like Team Willow forever. Do I think? I mean, yes, I think he did. Here's the thing about Willow. And like, admittedly, I don't know if I did a good enough job explaining this in my story, but mm-hmm. she, like you had mentioned, like it's it's not so much about Judah saving her because she had her own stuff that she had mm-hmm. to deal with. And so a lot of her issue like is that Judah, obviously she loved Judah, she fell in love with him, like that is true. But there was also another level of Judah was also an escape into another world. Mm-hmm a way of seeing herself in a new light and this new sort of power and she kind of had to let that go in order to move on like and say you know what nah and so I think Judah coming in and being like I can't do it is kind of a good trigger moment for her to be like oh I like I'm getting so wrapped up and so mad at someone but like you know we're just two people that fell in love yeah after all this time we're tired so you just gotta let it go (laughs) that's the thing too because like he spent he's tried to make up for being such a shitty person he spent 30 years Mm -hmm. trying his best not doing very well but trying his best and i think that yeah like by the end of it they're both she's exhausted from being so angry and he's exhausted from trying Mm -hmm. Because neither one of them, their plans have not worked yeah. for any of them. Yeah. And I, I really hope that by the end, like, I conveyed that, like, feeling of exhaustion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you did. <laughs> and he's just like, I just want to sleep. I just want to sleep on the sand. Yeah. He definitely felt like I've given up on everything. And, like, I, I appreciated that. I think Willow, seeing that in him is what kind of helps her realize that, like, she's been on this kind of anger power trip for the last 30 years. It's just like, I just gotta surrender to the ocean. That is myself. And that's why I really loved yours. 
because I think that yours was such a beautiful compliment. Like, the insight that you get from her while she's warring with herself, and ultimately she gets to win, right? But you really get to see how hard it is to let herself win. Yeah. Because it's almost impossible. I I think, like, 30 years of blood and fire and all of this, it's hard to let that go. But for your own sake, you have to let that go. And she does, which I think is so beautiful about yours and how it meshes with mine. I'm like, oh, good. You get to see how hard it mm-hmm. is to struggle. And it is weird because, like, yeah, she's a poltergeist. She's mentally untethered. She's she's not even a human being anymore. She's like a thing. Yeah. She's an entity. <laughs> yeah. If you're all power and hate and you're and you're not you how much more difficult is it to find you again? Mm. Which I think yours did very well in in showing. Yeah. I, 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 I do think our stories, like, really, like, ran in tandem with each other and, like, played off of each other very beautifully. I think just the, like, the emotion of the moment really comes through in yours, in a way. Mm. Mine is all rage and like <laughs> mine is just like all rage and confusion. rage, desperation. <laughs> it's like the ocean. It is no, it is it is the ocean. It's the tumultuousness yeah. of it. It's the ocean on a bad yeah. day. But then yours is like slow night evening tide mm-hmm. in terms of like vibe. So it felt like I was being carried away. And I, I, yeah. I thought that was beautiful about it. Both of our stories together is that you get both of those like energies. And yeah. it just it feels like a fitting end for a relationship so fraught with destruction. <laughs> we, listen, we ruined lives. <laughs> Multiple lives. We ruined lives. We killed entire towns. Whole towns. Whole, whole economies. Whole towns. We, 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 just, we just wrecked these people. And it was so worth it. I, I'm glad that I let you talk me into making this a multiple part story. I have to say, looking back on it now, looking back on, on the whole finished product of Judah and Willow, I'm glad we have this. Because Mm -hmm. it was such an interesting journey to take. And we really did get to explore these characters and tell like a really beautiful story about what it is to feel this kind of pain and to try and make up for it and to fail time after time after time. Because you're still not understanding. You're still not learning the lesson. And then what it is like to have to let it go for your sake and for the person that you love, like surrender to the motion of the ocean. (laughs) I think that this story could not have been told in one piece. Mm-hmm. Like, like, okay, theoretically, yes, it could have been. But it wouldn't have been this fleshed out. It wouldn't have been this compelling, I think. Not to toot our own horns, but I think we told a pretty compelling story here with my, our beautiful, beloved poltergeist and the cowboy exorcist. I think this is one of the best things we've ever oh. written. For sure. Like, I'm really, really proud of us for doing this. And it's something that, like, I know for a fact I wouldn't have been able to write this entire story by myself. Like, this was a true, genuine, like, collaborative exercise and experience in a way that's just, like, really exciting to me. Like, and Mm -hmm. I'm, like, really fucking proud of us for doing it. Like, yeah. we're, we're yeah. going to gas each other up 
Sorry, listeners, but yeah. I don't care. No, no, no. You two did. You know what this show is. This is Adrian and Katerina write stories and gas each other up for 30 minutes. No, I'm kidding. But, yeah. but no, I really think that this was part of the reason of why we even started this. Mm-hmm. Right? The start of this changing format because you and I writing for each other to try and like, how can we elevate it? How can we make it more? How can we do this? That's it. That's why we, that's why we do this now. That's why the music is still so important. Like, okay, how do we take this inspirational piece of music and go, ah, let's... Yeah. Thank God for the music coming out when it did. Because if it hadn't, these stories would be completely different. Like, without Full Moon, the story would have a completely different vibe. Maybe they would have made it out alive. No, they wouldn't. But They were destined to die. But it would not have felt the same. I think that the water element and the, the aspect of the slow beauty of Full Moon was so important for the ending of this story Mm -hmm. that it wouldn't have happened any other way. So, thank you, Full Moon, for existing. Thank you, Full Moon. Thank you to all of the artists and songs that made this. That's true. If it hadn't been for Cat Clyde's I Don't Belong Here, we wouldn't wouldn't even be be here at all. If it wasn't for her, it wasn't for Taylor Swift, and it wasn't for Albie Kaplan, we would not. Mm-hmm. here telling this story and you know I'm, I'm really grateful that we got to bring them to life i am too i'm sad i'm s- you're sad it's I'm yeah sad it's over because like it's over now so like not that the stories are because uh the stories are just our bread and butter mm-hmm. now but we are saying goodbye obviously to willow and judah and the world of this yeah. <laughs> but we we are going we are going to have to see what comes now, what comes after. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what kind of shenanigans we get into next episodes and stories. Who knows? Will we ever do an arc this long again? I don't know. No! <laughs> Katarina looks like she's begging me. I can't. I can't. <laughs> I can't I can't say anything. I can't say anything because who knows? Maybe next time I'll be the one who's like, wait a minute. You're gonna come to me after like a couple episodes and you'd be like, Okay, hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. (laughs) And I'm gonna be like, Katya, why? Hear me out. We can drag this succubus stripper arc for five episodes. (laughs) Oh, I feel like we're gonna have to write a succubus stripper now at some point. No, we can drag out this Furby as the savior of the world for at least three episodes. We promise not to do that to you listeners. Oh, we do? <laughs> no promises. <laughs> but it's it's been a joy yeah. to go on one last ride with, with Judah and Willow, despite my misgivings at some point, because there were misgivings. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's definitely been worth it for them. Absolutely. 100%. I'll, I'll miss them. I'll miss them. Me too. I'm gonna miss my girl, Willow. I'm even gonna miss Ivy and Isaac. Me too. I mean, they were good. Writing them was so strange, but it was so good, ultimately. I'm happy we did it for them. Yeah. Well, any final thoughts on Willow and Judah? <sighs> Girls, if, if you get a man out there who wants to take you to New York City and do magic... And he keeps talking about how you're better than everyone in your one horse town. Listen to him. It'll turn out just fine. <laughs> no. <laughs> Run. 
<laughs> Run fast. Don't look back. And, and guys, if you've if you've got a ghost haunting you, girlfriend material. <laughs> uh, if you have a girl, if you have a ghost following you, just give up. Yeah, <laughs> that's the lesson. Just give up. That's the lesson. Give up. Uh, don't listen to <clears throat> us. We write stories because we like to see things falling apart. We're not going to fix you. This is not where you come for This advice. is not the Disney Healthy Channel. Advice. We don't give you no. <laughs> life lessons. Bad. Not at all. Um, but I will miss them. I'm, I'm glad they occupied a space on the podcast for so long because their story was worth telling. Yes. Well, as much as it pains me to say goodbye to Willow and Judah, this is the end of our episode and the end of their saga. We hope you enjoyed mm -hmm. it um, as much as we enjoyed writing it. But now there's nothing else left for us to do except say thank you for listening to this week's episode of Rhapsody and Reverie. It's been a long time coming, but we're glad we got it to you. And we are so, so thankful that you tuned in. Um, if you enjoyed what you heard, we hope that you'll give us a follow on the socials. We are at Rhapsody and Reverie Podcast on Facebook and at Rhapsody Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. So be sure to follow us. We like talking to people, so talk to us. Um, Yay! You can also sign up to be a patron of the show if you like what we do. Join the fam. It's really simple. You get to see us make faces at each other. Yeah. Fun. I promise. <laughs> and we'll be posting all kinds of fun updates and stuff there too. So we hope you'll join the fam if you want to support the show and keep us riding down the... I was going to make a cowboy reference and it's falling apart. So I'm going to leave it. Yeah. <laughs> um, all fine. right. Um... Also, if Patreon's not your jam, that's cool. But we do hope you'll subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, all the other places. Wherever you get your podcasts, subscribe to us. We are there. We are there. Um, and as always, check out the website for announcements and any other updates. We will be locked and loaded for you there. So, with that being said, we will be back back with more episodes very soon for <laughs> the fall but until then we'll be coming out with some fun cool extra bonus episodes to keep you in the mood for story time with us so <laughs> stay tuned we'll be coming back at you summer is not over yet we're not going anywhere but our official stories We'll be back in the fall. But we got some fun stuff lined up for you guys. I think you'll like it, so mm -hmm. stay tuned. But that's all I got. That's all I got, too. Looks like we're all out of gots. <laughs> I don't know where that was going. It went somewhere. I tried and I failed. <laughs> it went to a place. To Listeners, thank you for coming on this wild ride with us throughout the haunted south and west. Oh, you got Judah voice south. going. See you there <laughs> next time, partner. Okay, Judah. I don't have a willow voice, so. All right, well, that's all we got. We're riding on out.
off into the sunset. Giddy on. Giddy on, little doggy. Right? Giddy, That's it. Giddy up. That's the phrase. Giddy, Giddy up. up little doggy. We aren't cowboys. <laughs> I grew up in California. Well, admittedly. Cowboys. Well. All right. Okay, bye. <laughs>